What's up, friends? Alex here with Sean McGuire. What up, Sean? Hey, what's up, Alex? Happy we Saturday. We are here for... It is Saturday. I know what day it is this today, this time. Because uh, my schedule's about empty. A little empty. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. I had a big week. I know you've been busy. You had a big week. Um, I want to provide a lot of value for... Entre- I basically have come to this sort of realization. I'm here to help entrepreneurs create content that looks and sounds as good as the value they provide to the world. And I want to help other creators build wealth. Now that's like sort of a secondary thing, but like, I know you ask me a lot about real estate and investing and I'm like, dude, we should cover that a little bit. Maybe I don't know how much we'll do that today, but like, I definitely want to start incorporating that. Like how do creators build wealth? Because right now I'm on the, I'm on the hunt for, I'm on the, I'm starting the hunt for buying another house out in Austin and investing property. And I looked at my my financials this week and as much as I work and you know income and gigs and side hustles and all that stuff the thing that makes me the most amount of money is the real estate the real estate that I pay no attention to and so those two things I want to help entrepreneurs get their platform on the internet and build a book of business and build a digital resume and then I want to help folks like you and me and other folks the money that you're making I'm like how do you stack that aside and make that make money for you I love it. I know. So, I think that's, so that's super we, relatable. A lot of people want to get into real estate and then just managing your money too. I was talking to one of the creators that I've been shooting with all week here for this event. And we were going back and forth on uh, kind of something that we've talked about before, but how do you determine what, uh, what percentage of income you should invest into new gear or not? And mm-hmm. uh, staying up to date with the latest and greatest because you know there is something always coming out and like all of us had a hodgepodge of different gear and you make do with what you have but it's one of those things where it does get a little tempting to you know throw down on a new lens because it came out and it looks great uh a new lens is two grand that's a lot of facebook stock you can buy yeah you know and Facebook's gonna, Facebook stock's gonna grow. Amazon stock's gonna grow. Apple stock's gonna grow. Um, one of the things that my first photography mentor taught me, he's like, you just get whatever piece of equipment like is right for you. Like I shot a 5D, now I shoot an R5. So like whatever that level is, if you're a Sony, you know, A7S4, whatever that is, A7C, whatever it is, like whatever that level is, they're gonna iterate on that level. Like that's a price point. And so it's like, okay, I need the $3,800 camera. Okay. When they come out with the next one, I'm going to sell this one. Okay. I'm going to sell this one for $2,500 and I'm going to buy the next one for 38. Oh, did I lose you? Oh, oh. thought I lost you for a second. Yeah, for a second. Um, you did. Um, I'm going to sell this one for 25. I'm going to buy that one for 38. I'm going to spend the difference. So every three years, I only have to spend the difference on getting the thing that I need mm-hmm. to do my job. Now I probably need two of them, but even still, it's a big upfront cost and then never again. So he's like, I don't keep cameras. I just sell off the, the model and buy the new model. And, and because cameras hold their value well, and it's the same thing with lenses. It's like, dude, I don't really need a new 70 to 200 maybe for 10 years. So I think gear acquisition syndrome is, um, it's a real problem, but also it's definitely a distraction from, like the reality is most of what we do can be do- done on cell phones nowadays. And so get a, get the fanciest, get the new iPhone. Like it's a, make more, don't buy more. Yeah. Make more, don't buy more. That could be a slogan. I like that. 
Well, the other yeah. thing too, I've just been renting a lot more. Like on this last two shoots ago, I had to rent a few things and it was a little bit of a drag just to have to go to the, the rental store. And, you know, I made an online reservation, but I still had to wait in line and then I had to return it and I had to inspect the gear. But I got like a $2,500 lens for 40 bucks a day and a couple hours of driving. And I was like, sweet. And showed up, the client was like, oh, that's a nice lens. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I didn't even tell them it's a rental. I was just like, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, like... Build it into the cost. Also, yeah, they think you're... They look at you, they're like, oh, this guy's serious. You don't have to have the, you know, the big expense. And renting gear is so cheap, bro. It's so cheap, $40 a day. It's like, there's no way that you're ever going to rent it that would equal the cost. So you could yeah. rent it... You could rent it 20 times in the year and still be under what it would cost you to buy it. So, love that. Totally. All right, um, dude, I had a big week, actually. I'd love to run a few things with you. Um, sure, let's hear it. This week, I, uh, I, I went to a company that hires and trains v virtual assistants, so I'm going to hire a virtual assistant to run my, run my schedule, which is a mess. My calendar, my email, um, all my travel plans, which I go off-island probably once a month, sometimes twice a month, so I'm traveling a lot. Do all that stuff, and they're going to run a lot of the ops for this uh, podcast for me, so I... I thought about that a lot. It's a lot. It's a big expense. It's a big, it's a big investment. But I thought, you know, this is the first time I've been avoiding it for a while, but like, it's a really big investment in myself and my like operations and my scalability. So, um, we'll see how it goes. But my hope is, my hope is that it's works out wonderfully. This person saves me a ton of time, makes me more money, lets me focus on the things I'm good about, good at. And my hope is that I regret not hiring somebody sooner. Sure. Yeah. So that's the first thing I did. The second investment I made in myself. Um, have you ever seen a documentary called playing with fire? No, it's a, it's a guy, he made a documentary about, um, the fire movement, financial independence, retire early. Are you familiar? Oh, I've heard of fire. Yeah. Yeah. So he made a documentary about this couple that basically like, Hey, we're living month to month. We're living paycheck to paycheck. We got a nice car. We got a big house but we're stressed out. We're never going to retire, right? I can't spend any time with our, they can't spend any time with their kids. So they're like, how do we get out of this? And they find the, this fire community and they're like, yeah, it's easy. It's the oldest trick in the book. Sacrifice, right? Sell the car, buy a smaller house, right? You guys both work remote anyways. Um, just live light, save money and retire. And so they traveled together for a year um, doing this documentary. It was amazing. Um, I watched that probably five years ago. The, they went to FinCon, so a lot of my friends are in it and stuff. I hired the guy that made that documentary to be my creative mentor. Whoa. And so it made me realize, yeah, so it made me realize I don't have that many mentors. I have a lot of real estate mentors around, but real estate mentors is not really what I'm focused on. What I'm focused on creativity. And so I guess the lesson I learned is if you, you need a mentor in life, you need somebody that's 10 years older than you, five to 10 years older than you, maybe 15, somewhere that's a little bit older than you that has some wisdom that, that's been through what you're, you've been through that can sort of help you, guide you along the way. And if you don't have that person in your life, you need to hire them. Sure. If you're lucky and you can find that person, you can get them to mentor you for free and just be, you know, they, can, they, they invest in you because you're a good investment, like, yes. But if you don't, you have to pay, that, you have to pay for that person because you need that person in your life. So I'm hoping that that person is, uh, I do my first call actually here in 30 minutes. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping that that's going to be a big upgrade, let's say. Nice. So does he have like a coaching program or did you just coldly reach out to him and say, Hey, I'll pay you to talk to me. Um, he's got a, like a really, 
soft coaching program. He's like, yeah, I mentor some other fellows that are like in or, you know, people in the creative space, but uh-huh. are also in the finance space. Ooh. So like entrepreneurs plus creative or like finance plus creative, which is exactly what we do. And so it's not a big formal thing. It's just, I, I found him um, through a mutual friend who was like, you need to know this guy. This guy's incredible. He ended up working for the BBC and he produced a show called Above uh, Living Below Zero, where they went to like the Antarctic and, and stuff like that. So he did like five seasons of that with the BBC. And so he's, he's had a really successful career. And now he's like, dude, I'm like so retired because he's a, he's, he knows that, how to invest. Yeah. So he's like, I'm good. Now I just help the next, you know, the next people do the same thing. Wow. Dude, good for you. That's awesome. Sounds like an interesting yeah. guy and totally within like your wheelhouse niche of what you're interested in. Yeah. And this is kind of to back to your point about buying gear. I'm like, you know, I don't know yet because it's still new, but I wonder, my hope is, my thinking is, is that investing in these things that are infrastructure, you know, mm-hmm. mentorship, uh, operations, VAs, I think that's going to have a higher payoff than a fancy new lens. I mean, if you go look at all my podcasts with Brandon Turner, you don't know, really, you don't really know which episodes are filmed with my 24 to 70 2.8 Sigma fancy lens or my 50 millimeter 1.8 nifty 50 $200 lens. I'm not saying that there's no difference, but like for, for what we're doing, like uh, it, that, that $1,800 could have been spent or $2,000 difference is, is a, that's a, that can be spent in a lot of different ways. Did I see online now you're, you're messing with Sony's a little bit or are you still, still team Canon? What did I do? No, I'm definitely team Canon. Okay. What did I do? Um, I think we talked about this before. If you are an entrepreneur and you're trying to create content on the internet like this, right? Canon is in a very toxic place. They're in a very, very bad place because they switched to this RF system. Well, they did two things. They switched to the M mount, which is a mirrorless mount, and they switched to the RF mount. And a lot of people went out and they bought the Canon M50, and then they basically have abandoned the M mount. So like everybody who bought a Canon M50 over the last three years has just sunk. And I feel bad I was recommending it a little bit. Now I cannot recommend it. But the RF mount is the future. That's what this is shot on. That's what the new cinema cameras are shot on. That's what even they just released an R8, an R7, an R9, an R10. They just released this whole gamut of entry-level, you know, $600 cameras up to up to $6,000 cameras. All RF mount. I'm like, all right, that's the future. Problem is they do not make a lot of lenses for it yet. They don't make a 24mm 1.4. Okay. Um... They don't make a 35 millimeter 1.4. They don't make a fisheye. Um, they, they just don't make a lot of lenses for it yet. And Sigma has not made any RF lenses yet. Samyang hasn't made any. I think they have one manual focus. So if you are a content creator and you want to go buy an entry-level camera, right, and like a Sigma art lens, which is the way to do it, you go buy like a, a an $800, you know, APS like a, a crop sensor camera, but with a nice Sigma 1.4 art lens, you cannot do it for Canon right now unless you get the adapter and you buy an EF lens, which I'm just not going to recommend to people. So I'm like, look, it's easier to just go off and buy a Sony and, and a Sigma. Yeah. That's the only way I would recommend a, a, a Sony. And that's only because it doesn't, the art doesn't matter. It's just content. Yeah, and only because it's cheap. If you if you got a big budget, 
you, there's still ways to go uh, Canon. Sony ZV-E10, great camera. Love seeing more and more people with it. I've been recommending it. I got. I think I sold three or four this week uh, through friends. I started an Amazon store. If you want to buy equipment, I have an Amazon store that has all like, my gear recommendations on it. Sony EZ-V10, Sigma 35mm, or excuse me, Sony uh, Sigma 24mm 1.4. Great combo. Oh, nice. A 1.4. Yeah. Now, in the next six months, Sony uh, Canon is going to release a 24mm 1.2, is my guess. And maybe even a 24mm 1.4. And I might start recommending those instead. Nice. 1.2 would be, be pretty nice. Yeah. But Canon right now is just in a tough place. They're just in a tough place. Um, and they'll be fine. But, you know, they switched their entire arc, uh, ecosystem. And, like, Sony just didn't have to do that. Sony just came in, started with, basically started with mirrorless long, yeah. longer ago. So now Canon's switching, and it's just going to take some time. Totally. So one of the things I, I've been uh, filming this week is an event where a company flew out a bunch of people for a contest slash uh, some of their more um, loyal users of their online game. And mm. it's been interesting uh, filming it, meeting all the people that came out here because, you know, number one, people are just like so thrilled to come out to Vegas. And you kind of get desensitized living here, just like, oh, yeah, we're in Vegas. But uh, talking to some of these people, it's like just the mediums in which they consume and use their devices for content. Like I was talking to one of the one of the husbands of the wife who he said is you know addicted to this particular game, and he's like she has two phones, an iPad, and a MacBook, and probably plays at least eight hours a day of this game. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, dead serious. She's an adult. And she's an adult. And, and we didn't get into details because I wanted to be like, well, how does she work? Or like, what do you do? You know, I was, it was kind of higher level. But even at the dinner last night that I was filming, I saw three people at the table, all heads down. And I was like, ladies, let me get a little video clip and I'll, I'll do a, you know, little zoom in and uh, y'all can wave. And one of them's like, oh, I'm playing the game right now. And I was like, even better. Let's see, like, you know, hold up your screen and. We can do some fun little things like that. But it was just like uh, kind of interesting because, you know, it's like we talk about creating content, but even just in the consumption aspect of it, even with like games too, it's like people are just so plugged into their devices. And these these ladies were playing the game instead of socializing. And sure, they were like talking, you know, like, oh, I won this or like I got this many points. But it was just kind of interesting to, to see it in real life where you're like, okay, these people are like legit playing the game that brought them out here and it's dinner time, you know? Yeah. I love that. They go to ga Vegas to like to game, but they don't game at the Vegas games. They, va they do it on their phone now. I think yeah. there's a world where, um, you know, there's a lot of dystopian fiction, Ready Player One, where it's like all you do 24-7 is game virtually or game, you know, which is based on your phone, right? Uh, some version of that. Um, which brings us back to something I always talk about. Like, if you want to be successful in the world going forward, you are going to have to decide whether you want to be a creator or a consumer. And there are going to be way more consumers. So, like, you'll have an audience. You'll have a, a, a customer base. But 
you know, it's just easier to be a consumer. It's harder to be a creator. But the opportunity is so big because there's folks that are just addicted to their phones. I mean, it's going to get more competitive. You know, there's more people that are going to play a game than maybe watch this. Well, not mm-hmm. maybe, but for sure. Right. Because um, games are more interactive. But yeah, I love that. I, I uh, it, was it a it, it, was it a gambling game? Like, yeah, can they make yeah. money? It's a gambling game. I I don't believe they can make money. I think it's more of just, you know, the street cred and leaderboard with points and perks and upgrades. Um, so the gamification, but without the actual rewards. That's funny. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was gnarly. Like just talking to some of these people with what they invested into the game, and then invested. Just yeah, yeah, invested. <laughs> um, but it, 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 the other thing that was just crazy too, just like how like diehard, you know, just talk about like, you know, you know thousand true fans rule, uh, but like apply that to a game. Like these people were diehard. They did a trivia night that we were filming and they were asking about the characters and like when they changed the name from the, the game's name from this to that. And people were like so prideful and happy that they like knew the answers or would shout them out and... It was like their own little club of like everyone like like it'd be like if we got all the Sony enthusiasts in a room and we were all just talking Sony um, and doing like Sony trivia. It, it was like that, but for this game. And it was just super, super interesting, uh, super awesome gig, super fun people. Um, I'm not really a gamer, though, so I can't I can resonate with like having passion and enthusiasm for like what you're into, but. I mean, these people were diehard. And then I was talking to one of the, like, so they had influencers that they flew out and or that were here. So that was cool, just talking to some of the other creators. I was talking to one guy who has a YouTube channel. He uploads two to three videos a day. He has a team of seven. Started doing it 10 years ago. Loves gambling, not just with games, but like actually gambling. So he'll go to the casinos, set up his phone on a tripod, pull the slots, or I guess they don't even pull them anymore, but push the buttons. And he was saying he just started doing it 10 years ago because he likes to gamble. And now he's got like pretty substantial following. He said on Facebook, he gets bigger reach than on YouTube. And organically, when he posts on Facebook, he said he has a bigger reach than Kim K. And um, he Wild. had like a little poker chip for his business card that he handed me. And you scan the QR code. And uh, I've been looking him up. And I'm just like, dude, this is crazy. And He's just like, man, I, I just kind of stumbled into this. Like, I just thought it would be cool to make videos and liked doing it. Started 10 years ago. Now I got a team of seven and just like blown away. And he doesn't look or act like the typical like YouTuber. Like, if anything, you'd be like, that's just Joe Blow over there. Like a normal looking dude who likes to gamble and then start talking to him. And you're like, holy smokes, this guy's like legit. Dude, I love the Internet. I it's love the internet crazy. so much. I love content so much. Like the fact that people will watch somebody else gamble at a casino. He just sets his phone up. It's like the gym. You know, I think like I go to the gym all the time. I'm a gym. I'm a, I'm a meathead. Right. And like, I'll pose like, Hey, I'm at the gym, whatever. But some people, you know, they bring their tripod and they're like, here, watch me do squats. And I'm like, who cares? And then I'm like, I look at the internet. I'm like, lots of people apparently care to watch you do squats or watch you gamble or watch you play video games. And I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. Like, hey, you got to do what you're into. I mean, I hope people watch this. And they're just like talk, watching two guys talk about the creator industry. Um, but it's amazing that one, what can take off. 
So, like, mm-hmm. if you're on the fence, like, people that are on the fence about doing content, I'm like, everybody does something cool. Me, Miss Kate's trying to become a quilt con- uh, quilt influencer. And she's like, you know, are quilters on the internet? I'm like, yes, everybody's on the internet. Yes. And so, like, if you're making quilts every day, whatever you're doing every day and you love it, it's like, just make it cool on the internet, too. And, um, like, you'll, you, you have a high chance of making a following, especially if you do it for five, ten years. Because what I learned, too, about, like, content is almost everybody quits. Or is highly inconsistent. So if you can just do it freaking three, five, ten years, um, you just beat out all the people that they just quit. Sure. They just quit. Also, it's brand new. YouTube's going to grow. Instagram, like, Facebook's going to grow. Instagram's going to grow. It's growing. It's not shrinking. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely growing. I've noticed the common denominator where they all do really enjoy it. Like, I think the ones that don't quit are the ones that enjoy what they're doing when they're doing it um i did talk to another youtuber who was there last night and um he was kind of vlogging himself eat and then when he was done we started chatting and he was saying that he just started a second channel because so he has like a travel channel so he goes to different cities and one of them's vegas and he was saying like yeah i'm starting a gambling channel now too because it's just lower um it's less, it's less production value. Like I can just bring right. my tripod on the camera and just hit the buttons and like, there's literally no editing. And does he, he stream was, it? Is it live or is it just a, he just uploads it later? I think, I think he streams it and then he'll upload Dude. it later. So he'll repurpose it. And he zero says, production, zero, yeah, zero production. production, zero thought. And he's like, sure. Like you might go through like a thousand bucks in a week of like just gambling and stuff, but then you get like tons of videos and once it starts the hitting, videos, the videos make all the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like um, the thing that is... In, it, it, have you seen the guys that do the lawn? They do like, hey, they go in town and they just find the tr- most tragic, overgrown, dis- like sad lawn of all time. And he just goes up and he's like, hey, on a cell phone, hey, can I just mow your lawn for free? Can I just make this thing beautiful for free? And they're like, sure. And you look at this, I'm like, this is a day's worth of work, right? Like this is a... This is a $1,000 gig. And so he's like, okay, I'll do this $1,000 gig. I'll spend six, seven hours. He's there all day. He's got all his equipment out there. But he makes it lovely. And then I look at him like, a million views. I'm like, bro, whatever you sold, right? You're like, hey, just buy my clippers. Buy my, sell my thing, affiliate link. <coughs> Sponsorships. The ad revenue, just the AdSense revenue. I'm like, it works. The whole economy is changing, bro. Like, people are going to do a lot more stuff for free that other people are willing to watch. Yeah. No, I, lo- I actually like his videos. And then like, it's like kind of like time lapses, and he has, like, the voiceover, like, here we are, this corner lot. Like, totally He's has got production too much value. progress. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, he's on to something with that. I think it, people like to see the transformation. So visually, it's really nice where you see, like, just a shitty lawn that all of a sudden looks okay and like you couldn't even see the sidewalk before and then now you get to see it that's story that's what it is it's a story yeah it's a story yeah dude so another thing i was reading about uh kind of wanted to get your take on or just mention just because i've been following this creator from the the start but uh eric do you follow him on youtube i don't but i know he's like um he's uh don't help me uh, Mr. Beast, like replica, and he's huge, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, I, he's like in that genre of like sensationalism and just like challenges and doing crazy stunts. Um, he really blew up on YouTube in 2020. He had and documented the goal of gaining a million subscribers in a year. And he did things like snuck into the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight. He um, bought Logan Paul's uh, like he did. He did a really good job of kind of hijacking the story off of like other people's names, uh, specifically like Logan and Jake Paul. Like he he put a boat in Logan Paul's pool and he didn't know about it. And I like got a crane and like hoisted it and lowered it in. So he's like really creative and funny and just does these things Big. where he like kind of kept on coming back into their world that uh, yeah and uh since then he's uh i think he's got about like 14 million followers on youtube and he has like a prank walk on water video that has like 27 million views on youtube but he just signed with the agency talent agency uta for representation in all areas so he's gonna be uh i think we'll see a lot more of him now with uh you know, probably brand sponsors and, you know, doing things Dude. beyond just YouTube. Dude, I love it. The opportunity is so big. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that audacious, unfortunately. I'm too old to be like, you know, pranking and stuff like that. And I'm not sneaking into stuff. But, dude, highly, like, super excited for him. Like, that's such a neat, just life. Like, it's just... You know, if you did that 20 years ago, it's just, you just get arrested. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just get arrested. Now you're like, oh, now it makes you famous. It's crazy. I mean, um, yeah, the internet just changed everything. I love it. Um, what about you? What kind of content are you making these days? Well, right now we're, uh, you know, the podcast. I really enjoy doing these. I'm excited for us to hit top 10 because I keep on uh, meeting other cool creators that I'd love to have on and have us just, like, talk it up with them. Um, yeah. Working on some reels uh, similar to you. I want to invest in myself and find, like, you know, an editor that can help with some of what I've been doing. been trialing and uh, giving people test tasks, but still haven't found one that I really like. But... I got some videos that I've been writing for just kind of educational purposes of either things that I see or things that are happening um, throughout the week and give little tips and tricks for, you know, similarly, you know, realtors, wholesalers, or business owners that want to get into content. Um, yeah, we got to so yeah. get the Sean McGuire personal brand up. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I need to, uh, I need to, I step love it your, up a I saw a video you, I saw a video the other day about content on content, which I love that name, by the way. Um, oh, thanks, man. I was too, I was too, I was too, I was ashamed to steal it from you. I was going to call this content on content. I was like, no, I got to change it. I, you deserve that name. That's a great name. Hey, I'm happy to share the name, man. I, I, I thought of the name. I liked it. And then, and all it, it, it has some really good pros with it, but then it also has a few cons that I've noticed after uh, creating the name. Every Every name has pros and cons. You just got to fucking Amazon's, a, you know, I say all the time, like Google's a stupid name for a company. Sure. Sure. Um, what are some of the cons? So the way I had the logo, it was kind of, it was content on content. And so it was really easy, uh, to see visually. 
but then when you spell it out and it, it like as it you know as you type it content on content i've noticed it has like the tendency to maybe get misspelled um and if you're not in the content video space people are always uh like if like let's say i'm calling like when i was getting business insurance for instance she was like content and i'm like content and like oh and, yeah you know so people think uh, like if you're in the space and I'm like, oh yeah, I create content. They're like, oh, I get it. But if you're like totally outside of video world um, and you're like doing email stuff, uh, sometimes people misspell it or they don't get it. And I don't have the .com. The, the, the domain for the .com was a little out of my budget. So I have the .co. Um, so if I was going to yeah. do that again, I'd probably get like a .com too, just because uh, people are so used to the .coms. That's a good um, point. I'm working. I'm struggling with that right now. Contentmatters.com is taken. So damn. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I might just URL it something else, but call the company the same. Um, but yeah, I think about those things. I used to have my first blog was called Broke as a Choice, and sure. so um, it was a little aggressive, which I like. And yeah. uh, but but it had a it had a, it was Broke as a Choice.com or like Alex at Broke as a Choice.com, and so it got pretty. It got to a point where I was like, dude, I can't email people with that who are not in the finance field because then they're just like well you're an asshole like i don't even know you i just get this email from somebody who's like broke as a choice go fuck yourself you yeah. know so i i had some of that so i feel you on that one it's just but i wouldn't sweat too much about it it's more like i don't know the fix will come the the universe will provide you the fix when you need it i suppose sure yeah no yeah the broke is a choice i feel like that could ruffle a little feathers with I like I liked ruffling feathers, but also like it got to a point where I was like, what happened was, unfortunately, it was good for me, right? It was a good like me. I was like, hey, dude, Alex, you're broke. I'm broke by my choices. Mm. But then when I got out of that, right, and I started hanging out with people that are wealthier, they're like, it just changed. Like they're, like, you know, I was hanging out with folks that had money, and they're like, uh, you just sound immature. That's how it looked. At, they, I think they felt about it. Oh wow. Plus, nobody wants to give you money if you're like still, if you're like, oh, broke is a choice. I'm like, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, well, you know, I used to be broke. And then they're like, well, I'm not going to give you money if you were broke six years ago. Like, <laughs> even though, you know, so it just, it, it, I sort of outgrew it. So you don't really use that for the blog name anymore? Or you just stopped? Um, I just don't really do that blog anymore. Yeah. Okay. I don't use that email address at all anymore. So sure. I'm just saying like, you know, you, you can, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll, you'll adapt and change. All right. Um. Let's wrap this thing up. Sure. Well, just so you're aware, everyone that I was shooting with this weekend uh, had Sony's. People so nobody the there was any 3s. good? <laughs> so I love how you can always just spin it. Like, I'm always going into this where I'm like, oh, I got him, checkmate. And then you're like, ah, nope, I can go here. <laughs> But you see a bunch of amateurs you hung out with this weekend. That's great. Yeah. Actually, dude, I saw someone on your Instagram that you're hanging out with that I would love. I started following him. Who are you hanging out with? Somebody that was like a somebody. Tyler. Tyler. Tyler Bishop. That guy. That guy got some some skills. He's got some heaters. Yeah, he is one of the guys. Uh, I was almost gonna see if he wanted to jump on today, but he is still. We went to the gym together this morning, and then he is still. Uh, lifting, but uh, that guy got some skills. Let's get him on. Let's uh, we're, we're on episode eight. Let's get to ten. Um, yeah, I'm gonna hire my VA, and then this thing will we'll start we'll start pushing it out. Yeah, 
All right. Yeah, well, it's good no. to know Cannon's still on top. And then my buddy uh, here on the island, who's like a re- he just got signed on uh, with Netflix to do a documentary about the Lahaina fires. Um, oh. He shoots red. Wow. And he's like, Sony's are for amateurs. Sure. Wow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the fires. Thing. I just saw a little interview the other day on that uh, where they were kind of talking about like it being a you know planned or a conspiracy. Um, it's not a conspiracy. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy. But yeah. Sorry, that, sorry to disappoint. Yeah. It would be interesting. Well, they're just saying like, oh, there's like plans for investors to build these buildings before the fires even happened. And some um, the problem with that it. argument, I've, I've heard that argument. They wanted to land. Um, the thing yeah. about Maui is that there's, if you got here, like, dude, there's so much land here. Like sure. you could build, you could build for 50 years nonstop and you wouldn't make a dent. There's so much land here. Wow. There's so much buildable land here. It's crazy. When you drive from here to Kahului, which is 30 minutes, or Lahaina, all you do is pass, like, endless buildable land. Wow. They just, they don't want the voting, the way that the public works is they basically vote for politicians that they all say, like, the locals are like, um, it basically goes, we don't want people moving here. So we, they put, make regulations so you just can't build. Even now, like with all the houses gone, they have zero plan for how they're going to rebuild. They don't mm-hmm. know how to get housing done here because it's so, um, the politics are so entrenched with just like this don't build because what they don't want, they don't want people moving here. So instead what actually happens because we live in America and we live in a capitalist society, what actually happens is people who, because there's a small amount of houses, they just drive the prices up of the houses that exist. And it prices out the people who are like, voting on like don't like don't let them build then they get they're the ones that can't live here so it's totally it's not a conspiracy it's never a conspiracy it's always incompetency have you ever heard of hanlon's rate have you ever heard of hanlon's razor never attribute to malice what can be more easily attributed to stupidity people are not evil they're stupid Yeah, okay, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, dude, Sean, thank Always you, my friend. You. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, let's, do this, uh, let's do this in a few days. Let's not, let's, not, let's not go too long next time. Yeah, I'll see. I'll, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, good to know Sony's still on top. And uh, uh, I'm coming to Vegas. Maybe we can do an in-person episode. I'm coming to Vegas twice oh, before yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, it's like 20 through the 25th, I think. I'm coming from the 20th and the 25th, and then I'm coming again in December. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's put yeah. it in the books. Let's do it. Maybe maybe we'll get to episode 10 by then. That could be our first in-person with a guest. Love that. All right, my dude, cool. I got to go. All right, cool. I'll keep this window open because uh, I'm on Wi-Fi yeah. at the hotel and it's slower than uh, dial-up yeah. at my grade school. So I'm glad you remembered. Yes. Cool, man. All Appreciate right. you. Later. All right, peace.